Welcome to It's All Fine and Dangy, where we talk about community, health, culture, and all of the big and little things that make life good. Here are your hosts, Dan and Angie. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. If you're back listening to us, it is episode 31 of It's All Fine and Dangy. And it's early. It's early on this Wednesday morning when we are recording. We're going to get right into this and that, and we're chit-chatting over coffee this morning. Yes, we are. It is very early, though. It's uh, before 8 o'clock. We don't normally record this early. Yeah. So hopefully we sound chipper to everybody. (laughs) Looking forward to the day ahead. But we had a fun week last week, so we just got back Sunday, Follow, you know, previous to this Wednesday. Um, we got back on Sunday from North Carolina. We went up to Asheville for a little mini fast vacation. Yeah. <laughs> went by too fast. It really did. And I just want to shout out my most favorite restaurant up there, the Copper Crown. Oh my gosh. That was... I got so excited. I know you both did. times. I, you know what? And you <laughs> got me ate excited. There the whole time. <laughs> we should have. You got <laughs> we me say excited that every time. Yeah, they don't. Have, there's no bad food in that place. No, there's not. So farm to table food. They're using their local ingredients. Their menu changes up. Although we were only there for three days, so it didn't really change. But um, delicious food. Oh my gosh, I can't even describe it, you guys. It's just amazing. If you're ever in the Asheville area. Definitely check out the Copper Crown. Of course, we'll put a link to it. You know, it surprised me that some of the people that we spoke to in that area and in North Carolina hadn't heard of it. Oh, well, we're spreading the word. I know. And I want to shout out Brooke. She was our hostess the first night, and we got to chat with her a little bit, and she was great. She really was, yeah. Megan was our hostess the second night, but we were there kind of at like a little busier hour, so we didn't get to chat too much with her. But they were both great. Drinks there are wonderful. And you found a new drink there. I did. I guess it's a classic New Orleans drink, and I keep wanting to call it the Tesseract, which is no. not it. It's called Sasseract. Sasseract or something like that. Uh huh. Yeah, it's, but it's a, like a New Orleans from New Orleans. Yeah, it's really drink. good, yeah. and I, it has like rye in it. It has cognac. Cognac. They basically wipe the glass with. Uh, Absinthe. Absinthe. And then they have some bitters that they probably made themselves. Yep. 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 There's like an or a uh, lemon peel in it. Yeah. And it was really good. And it's a very boozy drink, so I didn't love it. But then uh, Megan suggested nuts and berries, which you had said you knew all about, and yeah. I've never even heard of it. Yeah. That's, that's my kind of drink. Yeah. That's a creamy, fruity, nutty mm-hmm. kind of drink. It's, I think it's relatively low in alcohol, too. Yeah, so it was perfect for yeah, me. No kidding. I feel like an adult without the side effects. It's <laughs> wonderful. You, there you go. And then, so you're going to ch- chat about some of the stuff we did, but on Saturday, we were kind of rained out. So I found this um, city bus tour to do that kind of gives you some of the history of Asheville, downtown Asheville. That was really fun. Once again, we didn't get to walk around downtown, downtown Asheville because... It was rainy and it just wasn't, it, yeah, it's just not fun walking in that drizzly rain and it was yep. cold. So we went on this uh, bus tour t- called La Zoom, which is a big purple bus that was like all decorated up, very theatrical. And it was actually a, a comedy bus tour about the history of the city and it was pretty hilarious. Yeah, so, really, that was fun. Yeah. yeah. And you can bring drinks on the bus. So, you know, everybody's just having a good time. And it was, uh, you know, it's a good way to support the local arts there because there's a lot of artists that live in the Asheville area. Yeah. And so they were doing their 
their theater, their comedy on the bus. It was pretty awesome. They dress up and everything. Yeah, that was really fun. And it's all the stuff you're talking about, I'll put a, a YouTube video on our YouTube mm. channel and a link on our website. But yeah, that, that tour that you found was really cool. And the host that does it, you know, you really have to be able to kind of work a crowd oh, and yeah. also manage the timing of when you're stopping in front of buildings. So I was really impressed with that aspect of it. But the, the, um, they even have some street performances. I oh, won't give do. too much away, but it, it's, but it's really funny. funny. Yeah, they wouldn't they wouldn't let us record. You know, you take pictures, which I understand. Mm-hmm. That's part of their. They said it's actually a uh, trademarked show, uh, but I was really impressed. It was really fun. Yeah. And they stop at a they do like a halfway point stop at like a brewery. Yeah. So that was good. That was really fun. Yep. Anyway, that's pretty much. Oh, what do I have to do today? I have a huge list. But I have to finish our costumes up today because we found out that the party that I thought was canceled. The Edison, yeah. Is now back on. Yeah. Why those people told me it was canceled, I don't know. (laughs) But I'm going to call them today and say, why did you people do this to me? (laughs) So thank you to Kristen for letting us know. Letting us know that it is still on. So anyway, that's it for this and that for me. A lot going on. Well, so uh, I did want to mention before I get into the trip, we uh, went and saw the Joker movie. And I actually, I had already seen it with my son the week before. But if you have not seen that movie, it is so so good. good. And even if you're not into the superhero movies, which I really like them, I do get a little um, uh, burned sometimes when we watch them all back to back. But I do like those movies. But the Joker movie, I would say, is almost not really even a superhero movie. It is just like a dark drama thriller almost in some ways. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I liked it, but it it is a little disturbing, like psychologically, if, yeah. you know, if somebody's sensitive to that, I would say don't see it. Yeah, good point. Um, and then Joaquin Phoenix is the is He's the actor amazing, who plays, the, and he, uh, if he doesn't get recognized for this role, there's no justice. I've loved him in everything he's ever done. Me too, but he took it to another level with oh, this. Oh, yeah, he, he just did. blew me away. Anyway, in North Carolina, we did the zip lining of the uh, Navitat. It was really cool. Um, you know, we'd done zip lining in North Carolina before, but this time we did it on the really big zip lines up, up at the top of the mountains. And uh, there's two different uh, tracks you can go there. They have one, it's just a really fast zip lines. There's three. And then they had the other one that's got six zip lines and rope bridges. And it was really fun. That's the one we did. So I'll put some footage on the YouTube video for that. But I think that was probably our most high octane thing that we did. Yeah, it was really fun. It really was. Um, We did hiking later in that same Mm -hmm. day and wondered why we were exhausted. (laughs) That night. Uh, We went to the DuPont National Forest. I'll also put a link to uh, the zip lining and the forest in the show notes if you scroll down. But that was really fun. There's three or four waterfalls you can walk to. It, you know, within walking distance, we made it to one. Mm. Um, but anyway, it was really, really pretty and the leaves are just starting to change. So we had a lot of fun doing that. But before that, and the main reason that we'd gone up to North Carolina was to go to a local brewery out there. That's mm-hmm. the Sideways Farms. Is it called Sideways Farms and Brewery? Because I get, it's just Sideways Farm. Sideways Farm and Brewery. Okay. Sideways. Yeah. Because yeah, there's only one. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we went and did that and met with our friends, John and Carrie, uh, who moved up there. They used to actually live here. And that is who our guests are in the community call out. Yes. So I'm going to use this as a lead to take a break because that's all I really have for this and that. And we'll be right back with the interview with John and Carrie at Sideways Farm. 
Are you looking for a local hotspot in Central Florida? If so, then look no further than Wegaiva Island. It's one of a kind place. It's right on the crystal clear river. They've got amazing food, drinks, amazing staff. You can rent canoes, kayaks, paddle boards, even cabanas. They've got a large selection of wine and beer. They have an outdoor bar, an indoor wine room. Our friends Bill and Mary Weinog are owners of the island, and they are super conscious about the environment. They have events throughout the year, including live music, a wine and paint class for like a date night, a river cleanup that they do monthly, which includes free canoe rentals. And for the holidays, they do things like Halloween parties for prizes. At Christmas time, they have actual snow. Santa comes out. The Grinch comes out. Too much to list here. That's Wekaiva Island at 1014 Miami Springs Drive. It's basically at the end of Hunt Club Road, past Wekaiva Springs Road. Remember, hours change throughout the year. You can find out more at wekaivaisland.com or 407-862-1500. Hey guys, welcome back. And now, of course, it's time for our community call out. Our interview today is from a different state. We are sitting here in Etowa? I hope I'm saying that right. You're not. How do you say it? (laughs) Etowa. Oh, Etowa. I'm sitting here in Etowa, North Carolina, just southwest of Asheville, and we have the pleasure of sitting with John and Carrie Ann Schneider with Sideways Farm and Brewery. So welcome to the show, guys, and thanks for sitting down with us this morning. Nice. Thanks Good to for be here. having us. Yeah. This so, brisk North Carolina morning. Oh, I love brisk it. It's, to me. It's, I love it. It's so <laughs> nice out here. Um, and this is going to be a weird question for me to ask you because I've known you guys for a long time. But for the sake of our audience here, let us first know a little bit about yourselves. And maybe you can get into the story of how you found yourselves in North Carolina running a farm and brewery. Because you've come, you've come from a long way to get here. Who's yeah. starting? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'll start since it started with me. Yeah. I bought him a home brewing kit 11 years ago for Christmas. Wow. Um, he had actually wanted to make wine, and I didn't think he had the patience for wine. <laughs> and so. you wanted him to make wine, I right? Like wine more than beer. Oh, it's oh, hard to nice. admit. Um, it's all her fault. It is. <laughs> so I bought the home brew kit. He brewed twice, outgrew it. Um. Wow, that's pretty fast to outgrow it. It was. It was. He he built this stair-stead, gravity-fed, stair-step, gravity-fed system on our back porch. Uh, oh my, that's above my head. I'll look that up later. <laughs> well, those, those first two beers were absolutely disgusting. So it was really going back and trying to figure out how to brew, um, how to brew beer. Yeah. yeah. It was a challenge to yourself, right? It was. It was. And where did this start 11 years ago? Because it wasn't in North Carolina, was it? No, we were in Winter Garden, Florida. Um, we lived on a cul-de-sac. We both had <laughs> we had like the, the picket fence and the two kids and the, the quote-unquote real jobs. Yeah, in um, our favorite city. We love Winter Garden. Yeah, we, we loved Winter Garden. We, uh, we ride the bike trail over there, yeah. and we ride behind your old neighborhood sometimes. Awesome. Yeah, and yeah. actually, interestingly enough, so we loved the the bike path right by us and part right. of why we bought this property was there's an old railroad track that goes through here that may be becoming the Acousta Trail they're trying to do a rails to trail program oh, here oh my gosh wow. we will totally be up here that with is our bikes cool. that'd be a good yeah. workout here with all the hills uh-huh. you know, it's flat as a pancake you better be in shape in before Florida. we come yes <laughs> yeah. so you got the brewing kit you outgrew it right away sounds like John might be obsessive about the things he gets into <laughs> definitely relatable definitely so what happened next Oh boy. 
He decided to go back to school for it. Yeah. Um, oh. And at the same time, we were really falling in love with local food and knowing where your food came from, whole food. Yes. Um, you know, eating around the outside of the grocery store, not the prepackaged stuff. Again, relatable. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking my, my, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. what am I trying to say? My game? Your language. My language. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, so so that was kind of happening at the same time, and we came up to the Asheville area and just fell in love with the area. There's so many people that care about what they're putting in their bodies here. Yeah, um, that really, you know, there's there's farm to table restaurants everywhere. There's great farmers markets, and so it just kind of fit with where we were that we wanted to brew here and brew beer that um, had those kind of real ingredients in it. Wow! So you just so happened to be here visiting and. It just that's what that's what sort of brought you this direction. Yeah, we were up. Um, Carrie Ann had a uh, job interview, and we were staying in a small town just up the street from here uh, called Brevard. Right. Um, and we fell in love with Brevard. Yeah. Uh, it had the small town. They had the coolest. They still do the coolest toy store known to man. Oh, um, OP- like older toys? Yeah. And, oh my gosh. We have o- to check that out. Okay. Is it far it's, from here? It's O.P. Taylor's. O.P. Taylor's. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. The owner is a big kid and he's in there playing with the kids. He's got like those race cars set up. He's got a hat. He has with a, a hat with a little propeller, propeller on oh the top. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that wow. is so cool. Sounds like something from a movie. It is. The well. whole the whole town is is like right out of a movie. Um, what, what was the name of town, the town again? Brevard. Brevard. Kind of like Brevard County. Yeah. Yep, Florida. Gotcha. Yep. <laughs> so you, you, you fell in love with that place. Yeah. But what brought you over here? Just the amount of land? Oh, God. Yeah. When we started looking, seriously looking to open a farm, a brewery, and to live in one spot, um, our realtor <laughs> spent um, probably a year with us looking at anything five or more acres within an hour of Asheville in any direction. Wow. Yeah. It, it, you know, it was a challenge because a hunt. Yeah. This, this area is known for its mountains, which isn't really great farmland. Um, (laughs) So, so going to find the property and it has 13 acres and you get there and you're like, well, one of it is the picture and the rest is the side of a cliff. Right. Um, You can't, you you can't farm at 45 degrees or whatever. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so we'd found this property actually before we, came up and rented looking full time. I mean, everything just compared to this property and it was all about, you know, looking back and well, that one's flat, but it had two houses. We didn't need two houses. Um, but we ended up having my parents move with us on the farm. That's what I was going to ask. You have two houses on the property. So who are the residents? (laughs) There you go. So I have a, was there like a moment where you said, we're really going to do this? Because I, you know, a lot of us say, wouldn't it be nice if we could do this or, you know, I'm going to dabble in this at some point you must have said, let's do this for real. Let's sell the house, pack it up and actually go do this. Well, it was funny because when we had actually flown up a couple of times and tried to look at property, um, and it was over the weekend and it was, you'd get home and go, Oh my God, we just went through 20 homes or 30 homes couldn't remember what was what right um nothing stood out that's why you can remember um but we did look at this property during one of those trips yeah and um finally we were like well let's just put the house up and see what happens and so we threw our house on the market and it actually sold for exactly what we were asking 
no question to ask. And it was like, like right oh away. God. Yeah. That, that's yeah. like your sign. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and so we literally packed everything into a pod, um, sent it up to Asheville and we didn't even have a place to stay yet. No, no. We called oh. a, a vacation company that we'd been renting homes with whenever we'd come yeah. up and stay and we're right. like, can you rent us something for a little bit longer? Cause we have nowhere to live. Oh gosh. Wow. That's really like put, putting it out there that, okay, we're going to do this. So, you you said you had looked at this property before. Yeah. What brought you back to this property? And once you decided on it, what did you envision? Hmm. Well, I think we had actually put an offer in on one other property. Um, it was just the, the views were breathtaking. And there's no way that we could have uh, afforded to do anything. Um, it was 50 acres, I think. That's, that's a lot. Wow. And um, that's a lot to manage for. It was. There was uh, some wooded wooded areas, and it was really a nice piece of property. Um, would have fit exactly what we wanted to do, our vision. It had a, a little pond on it. Um, and then we put in the offer, and they came back to do owner financing, and we learned something about um, financing uh, for farmers and that the interest rates were different. Uh, the term of the loans are different. Um, and so once we looked at it. In your benefit, you mean different? No, no actually, oh, it's the opposite. Oh, um, surprisingly enough, anything over 10 acres or more, you can't get a straight mortgage for. It's considered a farm loan at that point. Wow. And the farm loans were 15 year and double the interest rate. Holy um, moly. Yeah. So it's almost that like. That crushes wow, your dream right quite there. A blow to that the can't plan. happen. It does. It does. And this property is 11 acres. Um, and what we actually ended up, uh, the owner worked with us and separated off what is now my parents' house and an acre and a half. Um, so that way to we bring could it get down. a oh, mortgage perfect. on the other portion of the property. Okay. So you got in below that window because they split the land. Yep. yep. Wow. Well, again, for having an owner that's willing to do that. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, another that's sign. Cool. So you decided you wanted to move out here. You decided you wanted to really get into the making beer, I guess, mm-hmm. for lack of a more professional way to say it. Mm-hmm. Can you, now that you're all set up and we'll get into the business and everything else, but are you using the property now for what you originally intended? Is it the vision that you originally intended or has it changed? I think it's it's kind of what we had envisioned when we bought the property we'd gone through a time where we thought it was going to be kind of like every other brewery in an industrial area or in a small downtown Mm -hmm. um but when you know we really started thinking about growing our own ingredients um we wanted that sustainable farm we wanted um to focus on that first and try to nurse the farm back to health the land had um been previously farmed commercial yeah corn and soybean rotation it was devoid of nutrients devoid of life that explains the corn building that's collapsing though. I wondered why that was there before because we didn't <laughs> yeah. really know what, what what it was used for before. Yeah, the farm has actually been farmed for over a hundred years. Oh wow. Um, oh, it's wow. been it's been a horse farm, it's been a dairy, it's been it's been a lot of different things. It's only been in a couple of uh couple of families. Yeah. That's some cool history on the yeah. place though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But that shows you how the land has been used to where those nutrients have been used up. And you've kind of had to bring it back to life, yeah. is what yeah. you're saying. One of the first things that we did 
um, was we had a soil test done and we didn't want to do just the local university soil test. We actually sent it off um, to a lab in California that really looks at the micronutrients of your soil Mm -hmm. and also looks at the microbiological life in your soil. So a teaspoon of soil should have over a billion living organisms in it. That's amazing. And ours had almost nothing. Um, they gave wow. us a score out of a hundred and we got a 19. Oh, just so. because it's been farmed and farmed and farmed and exactly. industrial used up yeah. the yeah. industrial farming really mm-hmm. with, you know, plowing is not good for land. Tilling is not good for land. Um, all the fertilizers and pesticides and all of those things are killing all your natural things. Yep. Of course. And so, you know, you're able to grow the food, but it doesn't have all the micronutrients that food should have. That's right. why food doesn't taste the way it used to. It doesn't taste the way and it mm-hmm. doesn't have the nutrition that it's supposed nope. to, um, which is terrifying to think, you know, you go to the grocery store and buy an apple, but it doesn't have all the nutrition an apple is yeah. supposed to have. Yeah. So, so we worked first to start bringing the life back to the land. Um, we rotate our sheep, chickens, ducks around the farm. We do a lot of oh, cover do. cropping. Yeah. Um, Movement is important. When it comes to farming, correct? Yeah. 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 Growing the same crop over and over in the same spot, keeping the animals in the same spot, you know, it's, it's, it does more harm than good when you look to nature for the way that things do, you know, nature, there's tons of animals that are grazers, but they move, they have these huge migrations. And so they come through and they eat down an area and then they move on and that area grows back. Yeah, you, you mean know? like in the natural way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting because we, Angie and I took a organic farming class a year or two mm-hmm. ago and we learned about crop rotation and, mm-hmm. you know, covering the dirt and letting Preparing it kind the of, soil. and no. all, letting all those microorganisms rebuild. I didn't realize that with, and it's going to sound naive, but I'm not a farmer. I didn't realize that with animals, you have to do the same thing. You have to move them around to keep the land. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And a lot of places don't. A lot of commercial farming, you know, they have, one barn animals stay in the same it's spot. It's not worth it's, the work to them, you know. It, yeah. it isn't. But when you look at our planet and what you know you can actually do, you can actually sequester carbon. Farmers can actually help change global warming. Getting yes. a little political here, but yeah. um, with the way that they farm. Yeah. And so, if you want to farm not only for your own nutrition but also for the health of our planet. Yeah, yeah. There, are, there are some amazing ways to do that. So, so it's, it sounds like you, so you found out that your soil was, you know, not basically dead. And so you did some research on how to fix it. So what did you guys do then? <laughs> yeah. What, where did that process start and how long did it take to get the soil back to where you could actually start planting in it? We, uh, we found a really cool website. And I love to oh. tell people about this uh, seed website. And I always forget the name it's of it. It's Green Cover Seed. Green uh, Cover Seed. Yep. It was by far one of the most technologically advanced websites. And it was farmers. It just cracked me up. Oh, yeah. you mean the actual website itself yes. was technologically, not just the information. Oh, right. wow. Yeah. Okay. It's, um, it's, I feel like I've said, oh, wow, a hundred times during this interview already. <laughs> it's very it's, informative, though. It's really neat because on this website, you can put in your goals for your farm. And you can put in the date you want to plant it, the date you want to kill it, um, and how you're planning on killing it. So you can put in things like just winter kill. Like a lot of times when we plant a crop, we'll plant it midsummer. And um, our goals are always to increase our microbiological life, to increase diversity on the farm um, and grazing because we move our sheep, chickens and ducks around the farm. 
Um, and so we can put those goals in this website and mm. it pops up with different seeds that might be beneficial for us. Wow. Wow. And it will actually create this custom mix for your farm, for your area. It looks at your zip code so it knows what zone you're growing in and it has those dates and it, it creates this entire mix for you. And then they so, bag it, mix yeah. it, put the microorganisms on there for now, you. Now, what about people that are just doing like smaller gardens and or something in your backyard? Do they have something for smaller they, inner they, city kind of stuff? Or They don't do the full mix where you create your own, but they have some that are custom made already. So they have like a Southeast mix for spring, a Southeast yeah. mix for, for summer. For the smaller do-it-yourself kind yep. of. So yep. I, I know I'm getting into the details here, but it's very interesting to me. So when you found this place and now they're going to send you soil, for this much land, how much soil do you have to start with? So they're sending us seeds that oh, we can seeds. put on the soil. Oh, they send you seeds yeah. to put on the soil. Yeah. Oh, because it, so the seed is tailored to however your soil yeah. is now. And the seed helps to fix the soil? Yes. It does. So it'll be things like, um, sometimes there's some radishes that grow and they will push through this layer of compaction. To reach nutrients underneath. Yep. Nutrients oh. underneath. Cool. And then it's meant to leave in the soil and it will die over the winter and we release that back into the soil. At a higher level where everything else can reach it. Exactly. Oh, I see. And then that probably draws more um, microorganisms to it. They feed on it. Whatever comes from them. I mean, that's pretty cool that they do that. So it sounds like you had to have a season or two of just fixing the land. John's smiling like, (laughs) yeah, I wish it was that easy. We're still working on it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, it's it's an ongoing process. It's, It's not something that happens quickly. Um, you probably have to do it in sections throughout all the land as yeah. well. Right? Yep. yep. All right. So you've mentioned that you have uh, chickens and ducks and sheep. Can you tell us some of the other things that you have here on the property? We have barley that we're growing. Um, you talk about the barley. Oh, boy. Because barley's for the beer, right? Yeah. Um, we've learned a lot about farming. Um, and some of the scary things that we've learned are... Most of the barley seed that we use is patented by a large uh, brewing company. Gotcha. And, um, and so you have to actually grow it uh, using the same prescribed uh, chemicals and spray schedules and everything to the letter. Um, and you can't seed save either. So every year you have to buy more seed. Right. Um, if you do anything outside of the contract that you've written or that you've signed, um, they can sue you. Sure. And so it really freaked us out. And so we reached out to the USDA right. and asked them if they had any cool heirloom barley that we could grow. And they sent us literally six small packets of maybe 20 seeds and said, this is what we have in our seed bank that we can give out, propagate it up. So for clarity, using the barley, the this sort of... Uh, the uh, patented this other, one. Well, this other one that you've called them for... That's not the patented one, right? Correct. Ah, that's how you that's how you start your own thing. Right. Okay. Well, so, that's interesting. And we can do our own seed saving now. So last year we grew a six foot plot of it. Um, yep. And from all the seed that we saved from that, um, we were able to actually plant uh, almost two rows this year. That's um, how you grow your own. Every year you can expand with exactly. your own barley, your own brand, yeah. your yep. own everything. So and you, you don't have to use chemicals. Exactly. You yeah. can be all natural. Can you explain to the audience what seed saving is? Because not everybody knows what that is. Okay. It's actually uh, special with barley. Um, you can actually uh, harvest. Um, you shake the, uh, the the seeds out of the plant. 
and you can replant those and grow more barley. Yeah. And how do you save that? Do you freeze it for the next year? Do you plant it right away? No, we usually just uh, keep it in the basement. Say, depending yeah. on the seed, um, most seeds want cool, dry conditions yeah. in order to save them. Um, and so, they'll just survive like that. So mm-hmm. we'll keep them in the yeah. basement so it's not moist, it's not warm, they won't start to germinate um, until we're ready. Yeah. Cool. Wow. So you, so you, we'll get a little deeper into this, but as far as what is available here on the farm and brewery, so you have your beers, mm-hmm. you have merchandise for the farm, of course. You do tours, you were telling us. Um, we also do flowers. I'm not the sure wild if you guys flowers. Knew about that. We well, do, and I can't wait to see the okay. fields out there. I've seen some of the pictures online. Yeah. So was that born from the original plan, or was that added on? That was um, maybe not quite the original plan, but beer makes John happy. Flowers make me happy. Oh, very nice. <laughs> um, and fl- we had to come had to say, how are exactly. we going to make both of us happy, exactly. right? <laughs> um, and flowers really bring in beneficial insects. We've got hives on the farm, so we've got bees on the farm, too. I was going to ask that. Um, and so you, I wanted to bring in more things for those pollinators. Um, we've got barley. We've got, what else do we have? We've got hops. We've got flowers. We've got produce. We've got herbs. We have a lot of different things you on there. You have produce for sale or for yourselves? Um, primarily for, for ourselves. Selves and for the beer. Sure. Because yeah, oh. well, you're that, using some of the different ingredients yeah. to create cool Yeah. We're also there as an, an emergency for any farmer that may have a CSA. Um, you guys familiar with CSA? No. Nope. It's community supported agriculture. And what okay. you do is you buy into what's called a share. And it's just kind of paying the farmer in advance. Um, and then you go and pick up your fruits, your vegetables, or it's whatever. It's like a co op kind it, of. Very correct. similar. Yeah. Okay. Very similar. Um, so, we, if we have extra of anything, they may call and say, hey, we're short. Um, they'll come up and pick some uh, vegetables and things and, and supply oh, cool. them to their CSA members. Yeah, very neat. Yeah. Now, what do you do with the, the ducks, the chickens, and the sheep? What do you do with those? Do you, you is that for self it. as well, or <laughs> is that um, to sell the eggs? We do sell eggs. Okay. Um, so we sell chicken eggs and duck eggs. Um, which duck eggs are great for baking. Mm-hmm. They actually have a different protein in them than the chicken eggs, and things rise better with duck eggs. Um, and then we basically use them to help spread their fertilizer around. Yes. Um, <laughs> and they are natural lawnmowers. So they'll go into an area, they'll help clean out insects, clean out. You know, we had a lot of grasshoppers this year on the farm, and the Weed, chicken. Certain weeds, too. And ducks, right? yep. And so the ducks will help get rid of the bugs, too. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah, and ducks really love snails and slugs. So oh, we need those in we our yard. We need some ducks in our yard. <laughs> yeah, we do. Wow. We have snails all over the house right now. Uh-huh. Like all over. Good yeah. thing we just have a weed yard right Big now. Big ones because... just stuck to the side of the house. Oh, yeah. Ducks, love ducks them. would love them. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure our neighbors would love us. <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny is we are in an area where it's kind of agricultural because we have a horse farm right nice. behind us. Okay. So we can get away with having some yeah. of that stuff. So we can have some baby ducks. You, you never know. Soon. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> and um, throughout the year, do you do host any special events here? You know, like um, Oktoberfest, do you do special things all through October? What do you have going on here? I don't know. I'm kind of weird about uh, beer events. Um, I don't. I don't do like the normal stuff. We okay. don't do Oktoberfest. We don't do anything like that. Um, we have uh, things for like the community. Do things with 
with that. Um, we also do, um, we called it an evening on the farm. That was awesome. Um, oh, where we yeah, have tell us about that. a caterer come in mm-hmm. and prepare a three course meal that we do specially um, release beers paired with that meal. That's cool. Um, and we'll do that every season. So yeah. we just did our fall um, one where we where we had appetizers up by the hops overlooking the farm as it was in full bloom of goldenrod. Oh, very um, neat. And then we had the dinner um, out back behind the brewery with little fairy lights on the tables. And it was just kind well, of... Oh, we missed that. It was a that beautiful was event. We did, de- very cool. we did dessert, dessert back in the brewery, um, back in with the brewing equipment so that you were... You're having the full experience yeah. of the yep. farm, really. Yeah. That's great. And you have good turnout for this as far as your, your community turning up for stuff like this? Yeah, yeah. it was pretty good. It was, it was a lot of fun. The, yeah. Everyone who turned up asked us to do it monthly. Really. Oh, well, <laughs> of course. Settle down. That's a lot of work. Okay. It was. So how do you market for something like that? Are you just posting it on your um, social media and you have enough followers where you're kind of drawing yeah, right a now, good crowd just, in? Everything is just social media for okay. us. Um, we haven't really done any marketing yet. Um, it's been a lot of word of mouth, especially because it's just John and I doing everything. Yeah. Well, the kids and my parents help. Um, but, you know, we're the ones behind the bar. We're the ones um, doing the farm, brewing, all those kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, that was one of my questions. How has this become a family business and who does what? Yeah. You have assignments for people. <laughs> there, um. there are some roles. My mother um, is a tax accountant. So okay, basically perfect. anything to do with money has to do with her. She's in charge of that, right? Um, and to the, to the point of she's actually here usually when the brewery is open and she runs the register. So when people are finished, we tell people to go pay grandma. Oh, nice. That's pretty cool. <laughs> that is pretty cool. But the kids are involved, right? I mean, they do work around here as well. I see on your yes. social media sometimes. Yes. Uh, Grant actually has been brewing all summer. He's sort of taken an interest in the process. Yes. 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 And He's, how old is he? He was 15 when he started. Oh, very interesting. Um, now he's 16. Yeah. And he's brewing tomorrow. Wow. Yep. yep. He has a day off of school tomorrow, so he's coming in to brew. Um, That's impressive. With brewing, it's all cereal grains. Yeah. So until it ferments, it's not alcohol. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, so legally, you can be 16 to work. He's still not paid. He's a, you know. <laughs> Well, he's paid. Free labor. <laughs> he lives he here. Yeah, he gets rent. He gets <laughs> yeah. food. Exactly. You know, he gets all that, the, the perks of living at home with mom and dad, right? Exactly. I love that it's a family event, though. I mean, I yeah. think that will contribute more and more to the success of the whole thing. Yeah. Like also May. May has been doing a lot with flowers. Um, she is very into floral design now. So she's oh. actually started to do um, some really cool bouquets that she's designing for people. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I just she, see some of those pictures on yeah. the website. There, yeah. did she do those She's ones? Done yeah. everything. Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah. Can you sort of give us an example of what guests can expect when they come to the brewery, be it for a tasting or whatever? What's good, it? What's it typically like? A good time. No, well, no <laughs> doubt. Yeah. I mean, there's beer involved. Um, <laughs> it better be a good time. <laughs> one of the things, as we continued to uh, kind of morph our idea and plan, um, was giving people an experience. Right. Um, trying to um it's all about the people i think Mm -hmm. and so when we started thinking about it um we wanted our our island our um, tasting island to kind of bring community together 
Um, but it was also um, taking beer to another level. So instead of having it just, you know, the beer swilling uh, frat guys that are just trying to pound as many uh, yeah. IPAs that they can. Right. Let's class it up a little bit. And so what we wanted to do was really bring that wine vibe. Um, so like a wine tasting. When you go to a wine tasting, it's very, it kind of completes the the wine because you kind of see the fields where the grapes are grown. Yep. Yeah. Um, same concept. You can see our hops. You can see some barley. Of course, they don't grow all year long. Um, you get educated though. Exactly. And that was a huge uh, aspect of it as well is not only... Um, providing that but it's educating that behind everything else beer is not a an industrial product it's an agricultural product Mm. it's it's built on farmers yeah Yeah. Um, and without the farmer and you look back through the history of beer and the earliest uh farm breweries they were basically brewing beer so that they could pay their farm or the farm help um yeah to do all the farm work yeah so we really wanted to Bring that. Bring in the history of it. Yeah, and, and I would imagine, I love it. M- much like you guys, there's a there's a passion for it oh, when yeah. it's a crafted thing instead yeah. of a mass produced thing. Yeah, and I like that. I like the the idea. To me, and maybe it's an age thing, but I feel like it tastes better almost when you know yeah. when yeah. you've seen it, when you know what's in it, when you know how it was done, and yeah. then you really search for those flavors when you take a drink of it instead of just pounding the yeah. beer down. Exactly. Yeah. Especially and, when somebody's there to explain it too. There's yeah. something. It's just That's like huge. when you. You know, when a chef is explaining how they created something, yeah. you could start tasting those flavors exactly. that exactly. you never would have known were in right. there. Right. You yeah. just chew it up and swallow it. But right. once they explain <laughs> it, now you're like, oh, I do yeah. taste that because yeah. you're looking for it. So, guess, get, you walk the guests around with a tour like that, so, kind of show them how it's done? When you come in, um, we invite you over to our tasting island. Um, which is rectangular shaped so you can get to know each other around the bar instead of just a straight bar. Right. And we offer to do a guided tasting. So more like a winery, a winery you would choose red or white. Here you choose traditional or sideways. Traditional are beers that follow the German purity law. Purity law is water, barley, or another grain, hops, and yeast. Um, And it actually was written in 1500, so they didn't know about yeast, but yeast has been grandfathered in. Um, So that's our traditional side of our menu, or it's our sideways side where we put in things from our farm or other local farms. Um, That's interesting That's the one I choose. Yeah, that's that's (laughs) the one that a lot of people choose. Um, But then we we put it in a list to not kill your palate. So we actually curate the list every week, looking at what we've released, looking at the flavors in each beer. Um, That makes sense. And then we walk you through and explain each one as you go. So it's much more of an interactive experience. Most breweries, it's just that flight of beer and you're left going, wait, which one was which? Right. And Um, I drank the dark one first and now I can't taste anything else. Right. Exactly. So it's almost afternoon. So we'll get to do one of those tastings. (laughs) Yes. Definitely. (laughs) So that's, that's impressive to me. I'm excited to try that. I'm excited to see. So guests come in, they do the tasting, you walk them through it, and then you take them around and kind of show them where everything is done, or is that done first, or that's on special occasions? So special occasions, we get out of the brewery and walk guests through. Right. Um, guests are more than welcome to walk around the farm. We try and try to give them some hints as to where things are. Yep. Um, and part of when we got our brewery license was we actually got the license to have the alcohol all over the farm. So people can take their beer then after oh, they've cool. gone through the tasting, get a full pour or something and walk through the farm with wow, their beer. That is really cool. Yep. It's interesting that you had to get a license for that. <laughs> so you yeah, can I mean, leave you the think building. in the city yeah. or something. Well, yeah, that's the thing. But you this can't is your cross, property, right? You can't cross the street. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're downtown, yeah. that's mm-hmm. one of the laws. And in fact, on a lot of downtowns, you can't even walk out of the establishment. That's exactly right. They yeah. Have a fence. yeah. That's exactly, that's Orlando. Yeah. That's exactly yeah. right. And but so, then you go to some place like the Keys and you can walk all over with it. Yeah. It's different, different <laughs> it rules everywhere. So yeah. I love that you guys have that. But you mentioned also when we first got here that you have uh, recently set up like an Airbnb sort of tour. Can you yeah. tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, our Airbnb experience um, that you book directly through Airbnb, it's a two-hour-long experience with us um, on Thursdays. We wanted to give you some close to one-on-one, you know, it's, it's a maximum of 10 people, so right. we can really get to know you, um, walk you around the farm, show you some of our ingredients as they're growing, show you, um, you know, how we manage the farm, and then you get to do the brewery tour. Um, and we kind of do the tasting throughout. So you start in the tasting room, we give you your first um, drink and talk about methods of tasting, of swirling, of sniffing, of all those kinds of things. Nice. Um, and then your second drink is as you're walking around the farm. And your third is back in the back um, with John explaining the brewing process and, and showing you um, maybe doing a little bit of testing if we've got something on or something that he's working on. And then your your fourth taste is back in the tasting room where we kind of sum everything up and very cool. Wow, that is cool. I mean, and you're doing one of those today. Yes. We are. Okay, we're excited to hang around for that for <laughs> sure. So I have another question though. Are there there's places in town that have your beer available, right? A few. Yeah. Yeah. So well, are they package stores? Are they restaurants? Or how do you make those connections? And do you do you want to talk about any of them in particular? Yeah. Um, we. At first, when we started, we were like, oh, and we, we have to get it to as many places as possible. And we started trying to distribute all across the state. Um, and we were um, taking bottles out to Charlotte, and Raleigh, and all over Asheville. And then we started selling here. Mm-hmm. And of course, when you're selling to bottle shops, you're losing a good bit of, of money on that deal. Of course. And so we started pulling back out of a lot of those, or not pulling back, but just you know, let them sell what they have. And uh, if they call us, then maybe if we have supply, then we'll, you know, give it to them or sell it to them. Um, but we have a few um, close to us that were early adopters that we really love. Uh, mm-hmm. One of them, Bruise Nails up in Asheville. Um, they're fantastic. Um, and they're the only bottle shop that we're in that ships. Yeah. Um, so lots of times people out of state ask how they can get our beer. And so Brews and Ales is a bottle shop that will ship our beer to other states. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that a cool, that's kind of cool to know yeah. that your beer is going, that somebody from another state was like, I've got to have this, yeah. Yeah. you know? It's so, also helping to spread the word for yeah. people to come out here, I would assume. And when they come here, then they're more apt to come and check you guys out, yeah. which I think is cool. Um, and primarily we've bottled in 750 milliliter bottles and we've never kegged anything. And so until recently... Um, and what we're trying to do now is provide a one-way keg um, to really cool restaurants that we that we really like. Um, and so we've started reaching out and offering them a unique experience. Um, so it's kind of keg on demand. So if I have th- something in the uh, fermenter fermenting, mm-hmm. I'll send out a list to all the restaurants that that are um, okay with it, and say, hey, we've got these. And they'll come out, taste it on the fermenter, and say, yeah, we want a keg of that. Because um, so they know if go it's going to gonna pair well with something that they have exactly. on the menu. On their menu, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. What does a one-way keg mean? Um, hmm. 
So usually a keg is something that is made out of stainless steel that um, people frequently pay a deposit on to have the keg, and then you have to go drive and pick it back up. I remember my childhood. (laughs) As the brewer, we've got to clean it and use a lot of chemicals and use a lot of time. Right. Um, So they've made kegs that are meant for just one way, completely recyclable. Um, oh, very oh, awesome. I love and that. we don't have to spend hours cleaning them and, and using put lots chemicals, of chemicals in it and, and stuff. Wow, I love that. Yeah, yeah so they're 100% recyclable. They're really cool. That, that's awesome. So you guys use, a, well, you use the ingredients on the farm to come up with new brews. Who comes up with the ideas? Is it a, is it a collective uh, venture with that? Is it just sometimes by mistake? Like, uh, how does it happen? It's kind of strange. Um, it's sideways, right? It is. It's very <laughs> sideways. We don't plan much of anything. Uh, no. Every, everything just <laughs> Let's kind wing of, it. <laughs> That's what I just, like to say. <laughs> well, everything seems to be falling into place. So you've done a good job of sort of feeling out the, yeah. the rhythm of it. When when we go into recipe development, she'll, what's cool is she'll go into her planting season and we'll throw a million things at the wall and she'll come away with, you know, several things that, Okay, it sounds like it might work. We'll grow them. Um, well, the first thing that you want to do is, can we grow it? Um, mm-hmm. Does it grow well here? Um, and so we'll do a year um, and say, okay, that really worked. And then also, how does it pair in a beer? How can we actually use this ingredient into a beer and look at all the other ingredients as a complete, um, kind of like a meal? Yeah. Um, and I go into every recipe as a chef would. Um, and so I want all the pieces to come together and I have this vision in my head usually and sometimes I hit it, sometimes I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of, of being inspired by what's growing yeah. on the farm right then. We also look at historical recipes. Lots um, of history. We look at, you know, styles as kind of a guideline, but of a coming off point. Um, yeah. But we've, we've brewed beers to be taste like a cake before we've used to taste like a cookie before oh maybe you would like that (laughs) i I love the i love the level of creativity and experimentation though it sounds like that not just as a uh, i guess creator of it but as a consumer it sounds more interesting too because you never know what you're going to get out here Yeah, yeah there's there's pretty much something new released every weekend um people have have developed their favorites that they're like, when are you making this again? Yeah. Like, Next well, year. We might maybe. not. Well, we, we talked to you guys about that too, about how you've only remade a couple of the, the uh, different beers, right? The rest of them are, you get them while they're here and then they're gone. Yeah. That's part of the experience though, right? It, it is. is. And yeah. you know, I think when you look at seasonality and you look at real food, that's part of the experience. Yeah. You don't have the same thing all the time. You know, my basil, we just harvested now. We got our first frost this morning. Yep. Um, so we'll make that with what we have, but then we won't have basil again yeah. until next summer. So you won't have that again. So in the winter, we'll use things like local chocolates or coffees or things that we can't grow on the farm necessarily. Right. So, so I guess just for clarity here, then the, some of the, the, the beers that you've brewed they're you're not necessarily ever going to make them again, right? No, you're right. See, to me, that's, that's how you really appreciate the moment, which is very hard to do these days. Exactly. I think that's one of the things that's, you know, when you look at most breweries, um, 
they have the science and they have, you know, they, they want to brew the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Um, and so they're getting green that's been from a whole bunch of different farms um, combined so that it's all exactly the same every time. Right. And we really want the taste of the moment of our area. Yeah. So we want, you know, what summer of 2019 gave us could be very different than what summer yeah. of 2020 will give us. It's much more natural that way because you would think in the history of making beers, you know, back in the early days, it was always different. Exactly. That was by nature. Exactly. Yep. And uh, so on that note, we've touched a little bit on it, but can you guys tell us how you, because I know sustainability and, you know, doing the right thing for the, for the planet is big to you guys. Can you give us some more examples of kind of how you're doing a sustainable thing? I mean, I noticed just walking through that you've got Little things like you're recycling the bottles and your garbage bags look like they're made out of recyclable material and um, those came from something else, I'm they sure. Did. Yep. The garbage bags were. They look like pe- old peanut bags, but I know they're not. It's what the barley came in. The barley. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. So you guys just have a sort of uh, mindset of, of uh, being as sustainable as possible. Yeah. And I think, you know, the moment you walk in the tasting room, you realize that, you know, mm-hmm. the things in the tasting room, you know, the, the tin on the bar was from an old shed that we had to knock down. Um, the wood in the brewery is mostly from pellets and from things that um, the steel was delivered on some of the wood in the brewery. Um, The building itself was actually designed to be passive solar. Um, So we have high windows that are facing the south side with a big roof that hangs out over it. So the sun doesn't come in those windows in the summer, keeps the building cooler. Okay. Um, And then then in the winter with the lower sun angle, the sun comes in and heats up the concrete floor. Um, Those windows also draw the air out. Um, So we'll open the lower windows on the backside of the building, drawing fresh, cool air. um, And then that hot air goes out those upper windows. Now, did you guys get help with that? Or is it something you did a lot of research on? Did you have some Um, idea of how to... A little bit of both. I'd done a lot of research on passive solar design first. um, And then we approached a friend. um, Who's big into sustainability and... Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know him. Bill Weinog? No. Yeah. Uh, Mike Hess. Oh, Mike Hess. Very nice. Yeah. Awesome. And asked him for a little bit of help with the design of the building um, to make sure that we were on the right page. That's great. I love it. So, so I don't want to step in this here in case you guys are just kind of in the zone you're in and you like it, but do you have future plans that sort of go above and beyond what you're doing now in the farm? Yeah, we actually, we, when we um, bought the brewing equipment, we bought it um, with the idea that we would um, turn it into solar powered. Um, so we want to have solar panels um, powering our brewing, possibly the entire brewery at some point. Um, well, that would be awesome. And you can yeah. put that right on the label too. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That would draw more people too, I yeah. believe. That yeah. are, you know, so many people are headed in the right direction, I think, with their mindset as far as what's going on yep. in the world. And, yeah. uh, you know, taking baby steps. You guys exactly. are taking a little more than baby steps, but yeah. you know, that's good. That, that yeah. inspires other people like us even to go, okay, what can we do? Cause we know we've been inspired by people that are, you know, very conscious of things like this. And we're like, okay, well, what can we do? Just one thing, yeah. you know? So, because sometimes if you go too yeah. cray cray, <laughs> well, you, know, it's you don't stick with it. So we're like, okay. Yeah. You know, like we started the process a long time ago of, weeding out chemicals in the house and you know okay 
make sure everything that is I mean I dig stuff out of the garbage if it's recyclable it's ridiculous yeah. you know yeah. what I mean so no you can't <laughs> put the lid on this you gotta have the lid off you know like yeah. so simple things you can do just around your house but you guys are doing it in an even larger way so yeah. that's wonderful and, and I think once you get in that mindset at first it's like work like right. oh yeah this can mm-hmm. I but it's just second nature after once a while yeah yep. yeah it is and and going back to the building design one of the cool things that we've had is people come in and they're like this space is an air conditioned, but it's so cool. The breezes in here are amazing. And then they start asking us about our, our builder because they want this as their home. Yeah. Um, so, oh, wow. so many people have said, you know, the way that the space cools and heats itself, like this would be such a cool home. Well, look at that. And then you're so helping you're someone to... else in your community, your builder. Yeah, right? That's right. Yeah. That's pretty cool. That is cool. So you guys have touched a little bit about how you're involved in the community and we're trying to, this is why we started the podcast is because we wanted to be more involved in our community and it kind of makes us be accountable to ourselves. When we say we're going to do something, we better do it, you know? So this is, the podcast has helped us to do that. So how are you guys involved in the community? I know you're helping other small businesses, which is wonderful. Um, Is there a specific, um, small, you know, specific charity organization, something that you like to support? One of the things when, uh, again, during the planning, um, we had always said that we wanted to give back um, to the community. And so what we started was uh, tip our community. And so we donate all of our tips that we make um, to a different charity every month. Love oh, it. wow. I love it. And it's really cool. There's a waiting list now. Um, we're, I think we're booked all the way through probably the first quarter. Um, yeah. I've actually got through July, I think, of okay. next year booked already. Wow. So you have charities that reach out to you that yeah. would like to be. That's awesome. Yeah. And they usually do an event or mm-hmm. two um, during that month. They'll come out. They'll set up, um, hand out literature. Uh, this month, it's the big brothers and big sisters of Henderson County. Cool. Um, and so wow. all of our tips, it's not huge, but... <laughs> But Still, it's, it's, it's you know what every penny counts exactly. that what we and try to put through to people is yeah. guys it doesn't matter if you can give a dollar these, exactly these exactly. smaller organizations especially yeah they don't market themselves a lot of them the, especially the smaller um, yeah. local ones and they need somebody that's yeah. fighting for them to go exactly. or that's yeah. putting it out there you know and you know we talk about that too I think sometimes people don't donate to charities because they feel like well, I got 10 bucks yeah. and then if everybody just donated the 10 bucks it would make a huge difference so I say never minimize the effort yeah. and also you guys could be pocketing that so there's something to mm-hmm. be said for the effort of yeah. just making sure that you're helping somehow. Yeah. It's really it's, cool, especially when you're at the register, you're ringing somebody up and you actually say, you know, our spiel. We always have spiels for everything. And uh-huh. it's, it's you know, this all month. of our tips go to this charity this month. And you see the look on the people and it's like, oh, wow. And it's almost as if their tip doubles. Sure. Um, yeah. And it's such an awesome thing to be able to do. Because they see this selfless thing that you're doing. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool because it reflects back on our guests that come in, um, you know, and also we're able to help somebody. Yeah. Right. And it's been neat, too, to have, you know, frequently somebody from the organization will be here um, and, and somebody will ask, you know, well, what is you know, this yeah, organization. They've probably never heard of it. Right. And yeah. and they start talking and it turns into a situation where somebody's volunteering now with that So you got to remember you're helping or, that way too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that's equally yeah. as important as the money, if not yeah. more. That's yeah. pretty cool. They might find a large sponsor that yeah. way yeah. or you just never, that's why we always say, you, 
talk to everybody because you never know. No. Like mention the yeah. charities you work with because you never know. That person might say, we're a large corporation. We give $100,000 to a certain organiza- yeah. organization every year. We love the way this sounds. Yeah. We actually had um, someone in from Walmart yeah. who happens to be... Um, in charge of the Walmarts in this area, their volunteer hours and their their donations. And so wow. he was talking to one of the local charities that we were supporting that month and he'd never heard of them. And he was well, like, oh, go. this is so cool. That I need to connect with wow. you guys. That was and, cool. And there's no telling cool. how much they've helped them now. Yeah. So. And it makes you guys feel so good. Oh, yeah. Like even if you don't know where it goes, you know you planted some kind of seed. Yep. yep. And it just makes you feel good when yep. you help other people, yes. you know, no matter what it may be in the way. Well, this has been great. I'm ready for the tour. Me too. So, but <laughs> I'm very up, educated right now. I yeah. feel like I'm going to get even more educated by the end of the tour. Indeed. So as we're wrapping up, though, I just wanted to say that it's really great to see you guys. Um, I used to work with John many, many years ago. And, Long you know, time. your life has changed a lot since being a software developer and kind of moving out to the country and starting yep. this farm life. And it seems like it's treated you well. You both seem like you're doing great. And it's it's yeah. really nice to come see you and see how things are going. And, yeah, we're really excited to get get on the tour yeah. and kind of taste we'll some of these beers. We'll be back every year. Oh, indeed. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Why not? Of course. We love it up here. All, All right, right, guys. So we're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with the information station. So hang tight. Welcome back. It is time for the information station. Hopefully you enjoyed that educational interview with John and Carrie. I learned a lot. I really did too. And I, I also learned a lot on the tour that, that we did with them. And I'll put a little video clip on our uh, on our website for that. But we, you know, after we interviewed them, we came back later and actually joined the tour that they do on the farm. And that's where they really went deep into how the farm is run, how the land yeah. is done, how the brewery works, ferment. You know, you got to do the bees. Yes. Um, I think his name is David. Yeah. He was, he explained so in so much detail about the bees and it was really cool. So I think we'll have some of that on video. Yeah. Like little yeah. snippets of it. Absolutely. But very interesting stuff. And yeah, I was right up in him and then I got stung by a bee. Yeah, you did. I killed a bee. You know, it got stuck in your hair. Yeah, one of them got stuck in my hair and it didn't want to leave me. And I tried to save it, but well, you know, it was a no-go. One of the <laughs> neatest things that you told me, though, is, you know, it was it's a little chilly out there this time of year. And Angie said she put, you want to tell him how you put your hand oh, down? Oh, yeah. So he said, put your hand down, you know, right next to the bees as they're in the hive. And um, you can feel heat coming up from all the energy that they produce that's crazy they're wor- little worker bees man yeah. really that's where that that comes from because yeah. they are just constantly working and it's amazing to see how with like the waxy stuff because they put different they fill in the little individual um combs yep. the little holes in there they're filled in different depending on what's in them right so some have pollen in them Yep. Some have honey in them, and then some are like sealed over, and those are the ones that are the drones. Yeah. They turn. They were meant to be a queen. If it's, it it can either a larvae can be a queen or a drone or a worker bee, and right. somehow the bees know which one it's going to be. 
I don't yeah. know how they. It's talk. such but a anyway. complex little so ecosystem. So they know what to feed it or to try to seal it up. Whatever yeah. they don't want a bunch of drones because the drones mate with the queens and they can over take a colony right you know because they eat all the food basically but they don't produce anything oh i got you so so anyway that was really neat anyway and i should have done my information station on bees yeah no <laughs> well we do have a special guest next month uh, uh that's related to bees oh, as yes, well we do. so that yes, might we be do. a good so time we can go into a little more mm -hmm. but uh what i thought was neat before you kind of deep dive into the information station is at the end of the tour you know all of the ladies went out and it, this was optional. It's just kind of the way it worked out. You guys went out and looked at the bee guy because he just happened to yeah. be there and he got up close. And then all the guys went back into the back of the brewery and we learned all about exactly how the brewing process is done. And, you know, John walked us through how all the equipment works. It was, and we tasted the different barleys and stuff. It was really yeah, cool. That's neat. Really yeah. fun. Yeah. Cool little place that they got there. It I'm really so happy is. for them. So anyway, one of the things that um, Carrie and John were talking about was the quality of their soil when they first got their property. Yeah. It was non-existent. Yeah. So that was pretty interesting. Um, so they got me to thinking, I had done a report one time in school about like soil therapy and how there's actually a benefit for people in touching soil. Yeah. And that it actually can boost your immune system. So I just wanted to touch on that, that um, there's an, one of the bacteria, one of the healthy bacteria. See, there's something to eating dirt when you're a kid. Yeah, I guess. Huh? It actually boosts your immune system. Wow. If it's, you know, if the soil is healthy, of course. Right. I mean, there's still going to be some bacteria, but it might only be the harmful ones, you know. Yeah. But there's something called myco, let me see if I say this right, mycobacterium vase. Right. I think is how you say it. Um, and it's one of the beneficial bacteria that is in the soil. Right. And it can actually boost your immune system, not only your immune system, but also your mood. And I thought of your quote. I thought you were going to say, I thought of you this morning struggling with all the apple stuff <laughs> and I wish you had some of that dirt. <laughs> I'm going to keep a little vat of dirt in here. <laughs> um, no, but I thought how you say, I thought of how you said, you know, farmers must live to be a hundred years old. Right. And there's something to that because sure. you think of how people worked so hard working the land, but yep. yet they seem to be relatively happy and, you know, kind of living, you know, that just chemical free life, baby. chemical free life. Right. Yeah. But there's, there's something to the fact that touching that soil, eating the veggies from that soil, yeah. maybe some of the runoff of, you know, the microbes getting in your water. Sure. Those healthy microbes, you're kind of infiltrated with it. You may even be breathing that in. Yeah. And um, you're, you know, boosting your immune system and elevating your mood. So what I thought was interesting is some of the research done on this, um, mainly on mice, has um, shown that this um, mycobacterium vase, they call it just M vase for short, right. um, can actually trigger... Serot a set of serotonin releasing neurons neurons in the brain the same ones that Prozac targets wow so people are being prescribed Prozac for depression guess what you get a little bit of this bacterium in your body does it make you wonder if that's what's actually in Prozac anyway uh, right and yeah. it, who knows may very well be yeah and be, being exposed to these microbes in the soil that's especially in your area can help to um reduce your chances of having allergies, not just the, you know, allergies like in your lungs or reactions that you have, but in your skin and even like to 
animal dander and stuff like that. So yeah, there's definitely something to that. Wow. And not only that, like um, I, I found a little bit of information about historically, you know, therapy from horticulture from gardens was around 2000 to 5000 BC. Yeah. Um, and they actually, it's it talked about the Persians, how they created gardens to kind of please the senses. And think about that. You have, it kind of gets all your senses, your visual, right? right. Because the, if you plant flowers and just different type of plants, so you're viewing them, um, you're smelling them. So we already know about aromatherapy, right? Yep. Smelling different scents, how it can boost your mood. Um, even the sound of like the wind kind of coming through trees and stuff, that's very relaxing sometimes. Oh, true. Right? Very true. So there's your hearing senses. Even your touch by touching different flowers and stuff, there's a feel to, some of them feel silky. Some It's just really cool, yeah. you know? And even, you know, planting, you know, having different plants on your property can cool the atmosphere, have a cooling effect as opposed to a flat, dry land, right? That heats up. Yeah. There's nothing to cool it. Wow. So I thought that was really interesting. And then I've talked before how they use um, soil therapy in nursing homes. You know, elderly people getting into the soil and touching it. And um, it can help boost their mood, reduce their stress, in- increases feelings of like calm and relaxation. Yeah. Um, improves their self-esteem, helps with cognitive functions. It, it just, it, it really has a lot of different uses. So there's something to her trying to build up those microbes yeah. in her soil because it's only going to benefit not only the plants, but them as well. And the animals. And everything. Yeah. You know, that, that it's very interesting. And it also, it was interesting to me how they shift the animals from location to location. Mm-hmm. And grow the wildflowers and all the different kinds of plants from location to location to sort of start bringing the soil back to healthy, to a healthy state. Yeah. And as we walked around, you know, it kind maybe it looked a little unkept looking, but that's how you get. She talked about the different radishes and stuff that they plant that get down into the soil and bring up the nutrients from the bottom. That's the way to do it. Yeah. You let it kind of, you, you have to weed a little bit. So that the weeds don't take over all that, um, the good growth, yep. but still you want some of those in there because they attract the, the different bacteria up to the top of the soil. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting how, yeah, we just let these are wild, just let them go. I, I thought so too. You know, until we talked to Carrie Ann, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. So anyways, uh, and I think I called her Carrie early on and we've known them forever and I, we've always known her as Carrie, but she, she does go by Carrie Ann. So for most people. You've known them forever. Well, I, I just met him, but I felt like I knew him forever. Oh, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's very interesting. I guess one of the things I wanted to touch on and uh, maybe not as uh, medicinal or maybe as valuable to your health as what you were mentioning, Angie, but I did want to talk a little bit about the brewing process and I won't sort of ruin the entire tour that John brings us through, but essentially brewing is soaking grains like barley in water and then fermenting the resulting liquid with yeast. Now, brewing's taken place since around the 6th millennial BC and archaeologists have suggested on the evidence they've found that emerging civilizations like ancient Egypt and Mesopotamia even brewed beer. 
So oh. it's been going for a long time. And in the Western uh, culture and Western economies, beer has been around since the 19th century and the brewing industry has been around that long. Um, most beers fermented with a brewer's yeast, as uh, John mm-hmm. showed us, and then flavored with hops. Um, and then there's some, there are, you, you might find this interesting, but there are some less widely used starch sources like sorghum, which mm. we know all about, uh, millet and cassava. I would approve of all of those. I know you would. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then there's secondary sources such as maize, which is corn or rice or sugar that are sometimes used to add certain features. Um, An example of that is adding wheat to help retain that foamy head on the top Mm. of beer that some people like. I highly recommend if you go to Sideways Farm to go through that tour because it's neat how he kind of shows how all the equipment works. Um, And then John also talked to us about some of the sort of historical processes that people used for brewing. One of them he talked about was barrel aging and how the complications that came from that because the wood would shrink and then it would leak. And that was another problem that that people would have in the brewing process. He also, I came in for the end of that one. He also talked about how every batch of beer would taste a little different because of the stuff that would soak into the barrels and it's porous. So it, you know, soaks in different flavors. So I thought that was interesting too. You couldn't really get it exactly right every every time. Well, and that's one of the things I really like about Sideways Farm is most, the overwhelming majority, I think all but one or two of their beers, they are a one-time beer. I so they, love that. They're going to make a batch of it and that's it. And even if, you know, it's very popular, that's it. And it teaches you to really savor and enjoy the moment. Enjoy the beer because yeah. you might never be able to get another one, um, which is so different than the typical commercial 12-pack of beer, just go buy some more. Yeah. Um, you, It's more like a wine tasting Yeah. And when you do a tasting, you have the two different ways to try it, right? Yeah. The normal way and the sideways way. And I did the sideways. Yes. And they have some really great flavors. Yep. So they're using the products, mostly the products off of their property. Yes. And that's what I was also going to get into is that the ingredients that they use are grown on the farm. And some of those that they use are things like local honey, Local hibiscus, uh, Queen Anne lace seed, blackberry leaves, blackberries, uh, North Carolina grown barley. Yeah. Um, it, just really, really good beers. So their beers reflect that. So some of the ones are, we tasted four on yep. the tour. And the ones I had were Queen Anne's apricot. I mean, yep. the name pretty much says it all, right? Sure. Uh, light honey ale. Blackberry Leaf Ale, and then Blackberry Blanc. So those were the four I tasted. And I'm not a beer drinker, and I drank every single one yes, of them. Yes, you did. But you had one on yours called the Fall Farmhouse Ale, and yep. we both loved that one. It had a spicy taste to it. Yeah, I, that was my favorite one. And there was no spice in it. Yeah. But it tasted like there was. It, it was really good. It had a lot of flavor. And, you know, one of the things that I like about their beers, too, is, you know, some of them might be seven and a half uh, alcohol by volume, which is, that's pretty large amount of alcohol for beer. Some of them might be closer to three. So it the just depends. The table beer that they um, had us taste was like 2.6. Right, right. It's almost um, like kids could drink that. And, oh, well, Probably back in the day they were. Maybe back in the day. Not now. But uh, <laughs> anyway, they, they were so good. And so, of course, we bought some of these. In fact, we have a bottle of the Fall Farmhouse Ale in our wine uh, in our cooler that yeah. we're saving for a special we have case. beer in our wine cooler yeah because 
their um their beer comes in like almost wine size bottles. Yeah, it's like one and a half or two beers yeah. uh, compared to the normal and size. I, I can't remember if that's on the interview or not, or if we asked that during the. I can't. Remember. We asked that during the tasting. Yes, yeah, the so reason that, why. That's right. Yeah, it's so you can get four pours out of a. Um, bottle. Yeah, so it, it's perfect for like a dinner. A dinner when you're serving, because their idea of beer is to pair with food. They yep. they wanted the wine tasting feel with their um, brewery, and yep. that has what is what they've created. They really go through the flavors in each beer you taste. It is truly like a wine tasting that you go to. Yes. So even the bottles kind of look like a wine bottle. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It's really, really good. And um, so we highly recommend that you go. If you're ever in uh, the uh, Asheville area and their farm is actually in a town called Etowah. Etowah. Thank you, Angie. It's about. It was like a 40 minute drive. So it wasn't that bad. It's a gorgeous drive. A gorgeous though, drive. Through the, yeah. the hills and mountains and you pass all these farms and it's, uh, and it's really not as remote as we're probably making it sound. But, um, anyway, it's so fun. And, uh, we, uh, we highly recommend you go there. A couple things we're going to put in the uh, show links, so you should be able to scroll down and see. Link to Sideways Farms, link to the Lazoom tours. That's the bus tours that Angie was talking yeah, about. Basically course, everything we did. Yeah, the <laughs> Copper Crown Restaurant, a couple other stores, the mm-hmm. zip lining thing, and then the DuPont National Forest, which is where we went hiking and saw those waterfalls. I should say that waterfall, but there's several more there. Yeah. Well, guys, that's everything for Information Station. Don't forget that we want to hear from you. So definitely give us a shout, 407-490-3899. Leave us a voicemail. We won't play it on the show unless you really want us to. Then we will. Um, or, you know, you can find us everywhere at fineanddanchy.com, all social media. Let us know your thoughts, what's going on in life, just to say hi, or if you have any ideas for future shows. Indeed. And also, at the end of each and every day, don't forget, it's It's all all fine and dandy. dandy.